Hey everyone, before you hear that sweet, sweet intro music, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the follower that submitted this episode's topic. This submission comes all the way from the beautiful country of Kosovo and was submitted by Flor Kuchuku. Thanks so much, Flor, and as always, I'm so grateful to everyone for listening and submitting ideas from literally all over the world. You guys are amazing. Keep listening to find out what that topic is and enjoy the episode. How's about we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather round the fire, maybe read for just a while, and we'll listen to the stories unveiled. Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories no one needed from suggestions that you shared. Hey everybody, welcome to S'more Stories, a show-and-tell podcast about writing and storytelling and all that cool stuff that we like. My name is Colby McHugh, uh, your your host, your creator, um, and today I am joined by somebody who can do many different things. Uh, this, this gentleman is not only a storyteller, but uh, a poet, a musician, somebody who has successfully kickstarted a couple of projects, which is already the coolest thing ever. And that gentleman is, of course, Mr. Roe Lamb. Hello. What's good? What's good? What's good? Hello. It's, it's so good to have you, man. Man, thank you, brother. It's good to be here. More than more than all of the stuff that I mentioned, which is all very cool resume stuff. Happy to, happy, happy to have you for that. Word. But more than all of that, you're the, a new friend of Colby. Yes. yes. <laughs> and that, is, that takes priority. Priority. As, 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 as new friend... Um, because throughout all of these episodes of S'more Stories, um, I have been grateful to have had guests that are both related to me and also friends of mine. And for the first time, you, Ro, are a new friend, somebody who is not related to me right. and somebody who I did not previously know for, yeah. for years before. And so this is kind of the the first of hopefully many uh, S'more Stories episodes of me getting to know a, a completely new friend, a new creator, a new storyteller. Um, and so that was me just being excited about having you here. So thank For you. Sure. Well, I mean, that, that's what it's all about, right? Building relationships and, and making new friends. So I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Brother. Of course, of course, man. So so <clears throat> we have a lot of things to talk about. Of course, we've got stories to read. Um, I want to talk about your, your Kickstarter success. You've got some really cool stuff down the road yeah. that we'll, we'll be excited to check out. But first, one of the things that I always try to dive into with with my, my guests, my storytellers, my friends, is is your kind of background with with storytelling and writing. And was it something that you were always interested in growing up or was it kind of a later discovery for yourself? Yeah. You know, I, I tell I tell this story all the time. You know, my mom, she tells people that I could read when I was three. So like I would read like the newspaper and like when I was a kid, I would just sit and I would read encyclopedias. So I'm reading like mythology. I'm reading about the most randomest things. You know what I'm saying? And so I've always loved words. I've always loved reading. And my mom, she actually remembers what I think is the first story that I wrote. It was about this saltine cracker that had to cross the road. And then <laughs> I guess there were obstacles and the saltine cracker makes it across the road and then falls in a puddle and melts. And it's, so, it sounds devastating. Devastating. <laughs> <laughs> which, which. 
I mean, the stories I write now are pretty devastating. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so I don't know. It's just always been something that I've just loved. I've always loved words and, and, you know, just following these different adventures. And, um, and so that just led to me writing poetry and, and just a love of words. It led me to, to different, you know, you mentioned I was a musician and, I actually don't like when people say I'm a musician because I actually- I take it back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I never like played an instrument. I just, rec- I was like a rapper. Sure. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so um, I was a musician, but really it was just about the words. It was about putting words together and it was an extension of poetry and storytelling for me. You know what I'm saying? So- Of course. I think, and I think that absolutely, first of all- you're hundred percent musician. Like you're, you're a writer and a musician. I think that's, that's allowed on this I'll podcast. Take it. I'll, take I'll allow it. that. Um, did you, did you notice yourself when you, when you were, were growing up and, and kind of getting into that, did you notice yourself drawn more to poetry rather than kind of the, the more like prose type stuff? Well, actually I didn't find poetry until I was 17. Oh, interesting. Tell I me was, about it. I was sitting at a basketball game and um, next to me was a friend of mine. He, he was older than me. And he was just writing in a notebook. And I said, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm writing poetry. I'm like, you're doing what? Writing poetry? We can just do that? We can just write poetry? In high school, too. That's risky. Right, right. <laughs> and so he was like, yeah. And he showed it to me. And, you know, thinking back on it, I'm like, he really was just, he was putting words together. Like, so I was like, oh, I'm doing this. And I just went home and I just started, I started writing poetry. And the way I got into music, though, was I had a friend, actually, my ex-girlfriend had a friend who was mm-hmm. a producer. And he read some of my poetry and he was like, bro, you could like put this on music. And I'm like, put this on music? What? <laughs> it like first crossed your mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I knew what rap was. I knew right. what hip hop yeah, was, yeah, but yeah. I didn't think like, oh, wait. For yourself. That's poetry. Like, oh, yeah. I can do that. And we just started making songs. And that's how it, that's how it, that's how it happened. That's so cool, <laughs> man. Like, and, and like from, from my perspective as a writer, poetry specifically has always been like terrifying for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not something that I consume a lot of and so I don't feel like I, I I know it that well I don't really have a base knowledge of it and so it's always been it's always been scary to think about because because right, right. for me like when I think about writing I think of like stories yeah yeah and with poetry while that is a hundred percent the case is that they can be narrative based and, and story based and driven on all that stuff but it's it's like I don't even know how to describe w- where poetry comes from for me but it's yeah. it's just it's something that has always been like out there for me and so yeah. it's so cool to hear that you that's kind of like how you got your start was like with just words and putting words together and then putting those words to music yeah like yeah. that is that is such a cool uh transition of of words and through stories and all that yeah um i want to talk about a little bit because you're uh we haven't mentioned this but you are a nerd just like me true you love true, comic books true you know what's funny about that as well is that I haven't been called a nerd more than I've been called a nerd this past like year. I started this YouTube show with a good friend of mine and she's called me a nerd so much. And I'm like, wait, I'm a nerd. Okay, I'm with it. Let's go. I think it's I think you just like as I've grown up and, and become an adult, you just embrace it. Yeah. You yeah, know, like you have to. Gr- growing up, like I loved comic books and, and it wasn't something that you necessarily talked about a lot when we were kids. But now that you're kind of a, an adult and you can kind of be more comfortable in who you are, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big nerd, man. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. comics. And so and and knowing that you do as well, um, was that something that you read from an early age as well, like me as, as a kid? So, yeah, I mean, what's funny about that is actually, 
you know, comic books were banned in my house. Oh, so interesting. I was reading comic books, but they were under the table. They were contraband. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were they were in my little stashes. They were hidden away. And one time, my dad actually found my stash and threw all my comic books away. Oh, that's so that's a nightmare. And that was before I could drive. So then, once I could drive, then I was like buying comic books and keeping them in the trunk of my car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've again, I've always loved. It, it's weird. Like the more I talk about it, it's like. I just found these different mediums and every time I found one, I, I just fell in love with it, you know, and comic books actually feels a lot like poetry to mm -hmm. me just because of the way you use your words and the, the economy of it all. And so I don't know, it just, it all goes together. Like, like you said, like I'm doing all these different things. I'm like, yeah, it does sort of seem like I'm doing a lot of different things, but I feel like I'm doing the same things when I'm using these disciplines. There's a through line between all of yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. And it's words, you know, in sure. different applications of yeah, that and yeah, so yeah. and and with with your kickstarter especially which i backed you should back let's go. If, is it possible can people still well you can pre-order the book people should pre-order the yes, book yes, okay yes. so first of all um so so the book is uh, scarlet ranger yes uh check it out it's is it should they check the kickstarter if if they wanted to to pre-order that yeah you can check okay. the kickstarter or you can go to my website rolam.com um or you can get on my email list and you know, you can get all the information there. There's options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, options. There's options. So, so tell me about the Scarlet Ranger because I have not read it yet. Yeah, yeah. I cannot wait to have it in my hands. Oh man, it's going to so be sorry. so I cool. Have, I should have brought a copy. Oh, for you. it's all oh, good. Man. I, I, I will patiently wait. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I, I cannot wait. It's going to be so cool. But tell me about it because, because it's, it's been a lifelong dream of mine to, to do a comic book, and the fact that you've already successfully kickstarted yeah. two issues of the Scarlet Ranger yeah. is so cool. So tell me how that kind of came about in your in your brain yeah so you know i've just always wanted to write we talked about that and so i've been working on novels like on and off right starting a novel throwing it away starting another <laughs> novel and when i when i came to comic books and i realized oh wait people are writing comic books i was thinking like oh hold on 20 pages you know, 24 pages, we could do that. You know what I'm saying? We could get that done. It's less intimidating. Yeah, it's less intimidating. <laughs> it's still hard though. Yes. And so there were a lot of stops and starts for me. And I, you know, I was just procrastinating and the fear of, you know, rejection and failure, all the things that go with being a writer. And I remember I was sitting, um, I was sitting in Black Panther and I'm watching Black Panther. And I said, this came from somebody's head. I need to just sit down and do the thing that I know I want to do. I just need to do it. And I I used like a color wheel, a random color wheel, picked a random color. All right, we're going with red. Okay, all right, let's do Scarlet. Okay, Scarlet what? Ranger. Okay, Scarlet Ranger. Boom. And that was the birth of Scarlet Ranger. And so what Scarlet Ranger is about, it's about a young man who inherits this title of Scarlet Ranger from his grandfather. And... Um, the story picks up when his grandfather's greatest enemy breaks out of prison and begins to terrorize the city. And so we follow this young man, Dion, the Scarlet Ranger, as he's learning how to, you know, walk in these shoes or, or carry this mantle of the Scarlet Ranger um, while he's trying to, uh, you know, make his his grandfather proud and and preserve that legacy. But also he's also trying to figure out how to blaze his own trail. And so that's that's really what the story is about. I, I, I love that. I think it's so cool. And. It's so cool to hear that you discovered that in a in a such a milestone like Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Like that 
such a big cultural moment. Yeah, for sure. Like led to uh, creation for you. Yeah. Like I love that. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. And 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 as somebody who who loves movies as well, like there really isn't a much better feeling in the world of like seeing in sitting in a theater, seeing watching a movie that you know is like changing you as you're watching it. Right. And right. then leaving that theater, driving home and just feeling like inspired. Right. Right. Like it really is just the best feeling. And so I've I've had that same feeling before where you're like sitting in a movie theater and you're like, oh my God, I have an idea. Right. Right. I need to go do this idea. Right. Like, because you feel creative and you feel inspired and you yeah. feel in the moment. And so I like I, I envy you, but I also have felt that feeling before at the same time. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I, I absolutely cannot wait to check out the Scarlet Ranger. Cool title. Like, thank you, bro. You just went with <laughs> went with the color wheel for that. Yeah, like, yeah. that's that's sick, man. As somebody who grew up watching the Power Rangers, right, right, any right. kind of ranger, like, I'm like, oh man, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. It take it takes a little bit of the mysticism out of it, but hey, whatever. Hey, that, it's the process, baby. It's, it's the, the process. process, exactly. That's that's what this that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, it's, it's the yeah, process. Yeah. I love that. The secrets <laughs> and the secrets that I'm stealing from everybody, right. <laughs> of course. Um, so so let's jump into the topic, um, uh, which you chose. I did. I did choose this. Would you like to reveal the topic? The topic is snow. Snow. Um, but what made you cho choose snow? Which is a, a very simple topic in a in a pool of <laughs> weird and very specific topics yeah, as well. Yeah. So I'm. I don't know. Now that you're asking this question, I'm just really big on the randomization of things, and I didn't really have a, a rhyme or a reason behind why I chose snow. I think I just I read through the list, and then I just sort of picked like a number in my brain and say, okay, which, what is it? All right, boom. All right. It's snow. Let's go with snow. <laughs> I, honestly, that's great. <laughs> like, cause, cause whenever I ask that of, of a guest of like, why did they choose that? It's always something different. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I don't think I've had just a, it was random, <laughs> which is honestly love. I, I love that. I think it's a great challenge and, and it kind of forces you to come up with something. Yeah. Cause if you, sometimes, you know, you'll be looking at a, a pool of topics and stuff and you'll see one that like, brings up an idea that you already had in your brain. Right. You're like, okay, it's time to time to like use that idea. And, and I mean, that could be helpful. That could be cool. I think I just really wanted to, I, I, I didn't want to say, oh, I see that topic. I have a story already that I've been, I'm like, now nah, I want to do something fresh. You know what I'm saying? Because I also like to have reasons to write things. And so, you know, when you invited me on, I'm like, absolutely. Just because I, I just love having reasons and deadlines and yeah, and, and that was too. one of the things too. Like I was asking you, like, "Yo, do I have a deadline?" And you're like, "Well, no. Nah, I mean, you good." I'm like, "No, give me a deadline. I want a deadline. <laughs> Tell me when it needs to be done." I feel the same way. Like I do love a good deadline, but I also, you know, yeah. I don't want to put stress on you. I don't want to put yeah, no, no, no. stress on your life for for something like sports stories. But I am with you. For I sure, do love a good sure. deadline. Um, all right, so cool. Let's let's jump into the reading. Um, do you want to read first as as the guest? Oh, can, or can we flip a you, coin? We we doing this random or not? Play. <laughs> hey, it's it's a new podcast. We can do whatever we want. Hey, <laughs> we make the rules here. <laughs> uh, you go first. You okay, go first. okay, I'll do that. Okay, all right, bet. All right, so I'm gonna be re be reading my story. Uh, Snow. I don't have a title for mine. Neither do I. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. I, I have occasionally had titles throughout these episodes, yeah. but I don't want to force one. That's what I always say. Like, okay. I don't want to force a bad title onto something. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to stay with Snow for now or Untitled Snow Project number one yeah. is, is what we'll go with for now. Number one. There's a two coming. Yeah. Number two. This is not a, this is not a ranking also. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll read and then we will jump into a little discussion about it. Okay. After the ruin, 
All that remained habitable of the once magical realm known as Kadan were the once snowy mountaintops, the crowns. Those few that controlled the crowns controlled Kadan, or what was left of it at least. How did the crowns finally fall with the rest of Kadan? What you're about to hear is the last account of the world as they knew it. As I knew it, really. From the Diary of Arius Goldfinder, page 97. If you've made it this far, I suppose it finally happened. The end of the world. Sounds so final when you put it that way. It feels, well, I'm dead, must be, so I might not be feeling much these days. But in these words I write now, as the world falls apart yet again around me, I feel a righteous fury. A burning anger that could keep me warm in the freezing temperatures outside my window. The tether-top crown, my home away from home. A cruel joke, that's all it is. Low-born dwarf like myself that spent the first few eras of life under a mountain, only now to be barely surviving on the frigid peak of one. The cruelest of jokes. Honestly, it's a question for the higher power as to how I survived the first ruin, the one that sent us all here to the crowns. Just happened to be on a week-long hunting expedition on Tethertop Peak, right as the ruin began to tear Kadan asunder. Didn't figure that week-long trip would last 27 years. My family is gone, as far as I know, and I've never seen another dwarf in the crowns, despite the vast diversity that made it to safety. We are notoriously, infuriatingly slow-moving as a people, and the ruin was not. It was quick and efficient and lethal. Disbelief and outright lies kept my kin from taking the ruin seriously, and thus, I was the only dwarf that survived. The others? Well, their homes beneath the mountains became their eternal coffins, and I quite miss them. At least, that's what I thought I knew. Heard reports last week, rumors really, from a contact in Windhaven, one of the smaller crowns. This half-elf friend of mine, I know, I know, half an elf means you can't trust him half as much. Trust me, I remember the anecdote. But Benrin has proven trustworthy over the years, and we've grown close. He passed along a message that he'd caught wind of a mysterious dwarf running around Tethertop, sticking to the shadows and asking dangerous questions. The kind of questions that tend to get noticed in a place as paranoid as Tethertop. Especially by the elites of Kidan, who'd once settled this crown 27 years ago. The same elites that caused the ruin, and were about to cause another, desperately holding on to their scraps of power as the world plunged into pandemonium. Pushing their technology too far, forcing magic into places it didn't belong, and worst of all, sacrificing the less fortunate for their experiments. It was just a matter of time before the land itself revolted, poisoning the ground and sending everyone skyward to the crowns for survival. But they couldn't stop there, could they? No, no, the rich continued to live in excess on the crowns, polluting what little we have with their avarice. The landslides have already begun on some of the other crowns, plunging residents back down into the poison. The peaks just can't take it anymore. They're crumpling under the weight of greed. Even the snow has stopped. Everything is just frozen and waiting to fall. The air feels stale, lifeless. Which brings me to this mystery dwarf. Benren wouldn't lie about something so important, so I must find them and figure out why they know so much. The authorities will be after them, especially because word travels fast in the crowns, and those in control will do everything to keep the citizens from mutiny. Dissent tends to be efficiently silenced. Ignorance is bliss, as they say. If I can protect my kin, the last one that may live, then I'll have done something of use with my useless life. I've been living on borrowed time for long enough. The fact that this journal even exists is dangerous. 
this will be my final entry. I know this because the moment I write the last word, whatever it may be, I'm burying this journal under my home for whatever or whoever fate has in store. Perhaps it may survive the inevitable landslide on its way. Perhaps not. However many days remain for Tethertop, I will spend them searching for peace because my impotent rage against those in power isn't helping anyone. I missed my chance to live for something years ago. Perhaps there is hope yet. Yes, perhaps. The passage ends there with the rest of the pages torn from the binding. Shocked I was to find it so preserved among the wreckage of his home. I can't know whether or not my friend Arius Goldfinder found this mysterious dwarf as Tethertop Crown fell just weeks after this journal was buried. He was unable to avert much of anything as far as I can tell, but I pray that he found his peace and possibly a companion for the end. Isn't that all we crave? Windfall Crown is all that remains standing, a beacon of life perched atop a world of death. We will continue. We will survive. Arius Goldfinder did not die in vain. Signed, Benren, the half-trustworthy one. The end. That was Snow. Number one. <laughs> number one. Untitled Snow Project number one. That was that was my story. <laughs> that was good. Thanks, man. I um that was a fun one. I was definitely inspired by one of our more recent episodes uh with Seth McKay. If you have not listened, go back and listen to that one. It's a good one. Um, but he is a dungeon master in the in the world of D D and so our conversation <clears throat> definitely tended to shift more along the kind of fantasy stuff because I love fantasy as well. Yeah, and yeah. So when I was kind of brainstorming for snow, again, it's a very simple topic, which I love. It allows for a lot of interpretations of it. And yeah, so sure. with snow, I was kind of like, okay, what can I do with this? It allows for a lot of freedom. And I realized that I hadn't really done kind of a, a fantasy story much for this podcast. And so I really wanted to give it a try, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. give it a shot. Um, and I think with fantasy – the the thing that I think really makes good fantasy is good world building. Mm. And so I was like, okay, what would be an interesting setting for like a snow-based fantasy story? And yeah. so I was like, okay, what if like this is t- towards the end of the world in this fantasy world and everybody is forced to live on the the mountaintops, yeah. you know, yeah. as, as everything below them has gone to shit, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. And then I don't know how I landed on the idea of it being kind of a letter but I did, and then I just stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. And so, but it was fun, and, and I like I like the idea of being able to try to build a world and then throw characters into that world and kind of see what happens. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I don't know. This was a fun one. I enjoyed it. It took me a while to come around on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like most stories that we that we write as creators. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, but I did enjoy it, and um, I think this is one because I do also enjoy dungeon mastering in, okay. in D&D as well. And so I could see this one as being something that I could maybe try to steal mm-hmm. for a future a future uh, DM gig or yeah, something yeah. or just play in D&D. Yeah. Um, because it was a fun concept. And I like the idea of of the crowns mm-hmm. as like mm-hmm. this last bastion of of people. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a fun one. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say like I really loved the setting that you set up. Thought that was really cool. Thank you. I think, um, and also I really, I really love this reveal, this reveal at the end, you know, Benrin, the half trustworthy one, and you mentioned him earlier. So that was, that was good. I, I thought it was, um, it was really engaging. Thanks, man. I, I you know, I think 
<clears throat> with with stories like this, you know, it's it's fun to change it up and try new things and you know, try not to get stale. And so it's that's why you kind of have to like just try something and, yeah. and try a different yeah. genre, try a different setting. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. I didn't I this took me a, a little bit longer to write. We we've been probably writing off and on for maybe like a month, month and a half or yeah. so. Yeah. And that you know, that tends to be a, a good time of like Okay, you got your idea, and then that leaves just enough time to second guess yourself. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> many, many, many Third times. Guess yourself. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, so you know, I, I it's gone through a lot of phases of like, do I hate this? Do I like this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like this again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, this is a, this is a, a a fun setting for an idea, and um, I could maybe see myself coming back to it and maybe expanding it a little bit more and. Um, cause you know, maybe, maybe a comic book, a fantasy comic oh, book. You, don't tempt me. Hey, hey, that's honestly a pretty fun idea. <laughs> Let me know if you need a co-writer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I will, we'll stay in touch. Yeah, we will stay in touch. <laughs> yes. Yes. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So th now I'm, I can't wait to hear what you've done. Cause I was like, I was like, I'm pretty confident he's not going to go with like a, a weird fantasy well, so story. I love fantasy. Okay, okay. I didn't know that. This I is love even more fantasy. exciting. I, I mean, and that was the thing that was engaging about your story is as soon as I saw Gold, Goldfinder, Arius Goldfinder, <laughs> I said, oh, we talking now. We talking, baby. I went with the most <laughs> generic, like, fantasy But I love it, though. Name. I love it. That trope, oh, it just, it drew me in. I got chills. It was Thank great. You. It was great. And to, to peek behind the curtain a little bit, Arius Goldfinder was an old D&D character that I played back okay, in the day okay. <laughs> that I was like, that's a fun name. I like the that. secrets, baby, the yes. secrets that we, we, we love peeking behind the curtain <laughs> yes, on some more yes, stories yes, here. Yes, yes. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's hear yours. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, this is going to be fun, man. All right. No, no title. No title. Untitled snow project number. Number two. Two. <laughs> By Roland. By Roland. <laughs> Ezra slams into your room like a blizzard. Charlie, Charlie. A smile stretched across his face, eyes alight. It happened. What happened? You didn't need to ask. This is all Ezra talks about every year, all year. The snow. Come on. We're going to find her this year. I know it. He doesn't wait for your response. He is already down the hall in a sprint, boots thudding through the log cabin. You take your time getting dressed. Your warmest blue denim, waterproof gloves and boots, and the coziest fur-lined hat you can find. Ezra will have you outside all day. Best to be prepared. You put your hand on the doorknob and pause. You glance at your bedside table. A picture of you, Ezra, mom, and dad, smiling. A sharp sting slices through your chest as you think of all the moments you had with them and all the ones you will never have. You wipe the tears before they have a chance to fall and exit your room. You make your way through the hallway and into the living room. Everything is tidy and in its place. Ezra makes sure the log cabin is always immaculate. He gets that from your mother. He got his penchant for building from your dad, and you still aren't sure what you got. You secretly think you were adopted, and Ezra doesn't have the heart to tell you. Another sting hits your heart when your eyes find the dingy Christmas stockings hanging over the fireplace. Moms and dads, they never come down. It's like a weird memorial for you and Ezra. Charlie, Ezra shouts from outside, let's go. You tear your eyes away from the stockings, but the memories swirl still. Outside, the snow shifts and crunches beneath your boots. Ezra was right, it happened. As far as your eyes can see, everything is white. 
bright, pristine white. You look back at the cabin. It looks warm and comfy in its, with its red, it looks warm and comfy with its red shutters and door. All around it stand impossibly tall pine trees like centuries. Ezra clears his throat, and you know what that means. There's no chance of you staying. Where should we start, you ask? Ezra doesn't answer. He closes his eyes, turns his face to the sky, and says, over there. He points in a direction and starts walking. You heft your pack and follow him behind the cabin and into the trees, the canopy casting a shade over you as you walk. Ezra is so sure of himself, trudging through the snow. He sings a song that is familiar to you, but you refuse to sing along, a lullaby that your mom and dad used to sing both of you to sleep with. For Ezra, it seems to power him forward. For you, it's just another painful reminder. What will you wish for, Ezra calls back. You shrug, I don't know. Oh, come on, you've had all year to decide. You can hear the anticipation in his voice. You're lying. Of course you know what your wish will be. You've known for years since mom and dad passed, but you've given up hope and to say it out loud, knowing it will never happen, you know the pain is here to stay. So you lie some more. Maybe I'll wish for you to shut up. Ezra laughs into the chill air. Good one, little sister, good one. A silence settles as you continue to trek. You're wondering how much farther when Ezra says, we're close, I can feel it. And you wish you could feel it too, whatever it is. Ezra tried to describe it before, but it never made sense. He says it's like a combination of all the senses at once, a tingling in his hands and face, and he just knows. You've always trusted him. You've always had to. What will you wish for, you ask? Ezra looks over his shoulder. You'll see when we get there. Ezra stops at the edge of a clearing. He closes his eyes, turns his face to the sky again, and that brilliant, annoying smile spreads across his face. All he says is, here. You look around, and all you see are trees and snow. But as soon as you step into the clearing, you feel the temperature drop and the wind pick up. You turn around to ask Ezra if he feels that, but he is gone. You are standing alone in a sea of white. All the trees are gone. It's just you and the snow. But you know somehow you aren't alone. There's something there. There is something there. You can't hear it or see it or feel it, but you know it. This must be what Ezra was describing. Hello, you say to the emptiness. Ezra, can you hear me? Your breaths are coming quicker and your heart is hammering. You want to run, to get away, but the uncertainty of what you may run into keeps you frozen, knee deep in the snow. And then you hear it, the song, the lullaby that your mom and dad used to sing to put you to sleep, the one Ezra was singing earlier. But this isn't Ezra's voice. There's a smaller, colder voice, almost a whisper flitting across the snow towards you. The tune enters your ears and a chill slips down your spine. The song stops. You blink and she appears. A girl, you guess to be about six or seven, stands in the center of the clearing staring at you. Her icicle eyes stare into you and without speaking, you know what she is asking. Where is my brother, you ask. The child tilts her head. Tell me where he is 
Has he made his wish already? The girl nods one time. It's as if she won't respond unless it is about the wish. And you ask yourself, what would Ezra do? You close your eyes, you turn your face to the sky, and it's like you can hear him standing right next to you. He says, make your wish, little sister. You can't see him, but you can feel his smile. It's brilliant as fresh snowfall and annoying as it ever was, but it gives you strength. Your eyes fall on the little girl with eyes the color of icicles. You close your eyes, you make your wish. Your eyes open, and you can feel the cold of the melted snow seeping through your coat. How long have I been lying here, you ask yourself. A face comes into view above you. He is blurry, but you know who it is staring down at you. You okay, little sister? Ezra asks. You sit up and look around. Snowflakes drift lazily to the ground all around you. You are back at the log cabin with the red shutters and door. Ezra kneels beside you. He is smiling, but there is a hint of concern in his eye as he stares at you. What happened, you ask? What did you wish for? You stammer in confusion, and then the little girl with icicle eyes comes back to you. I wished your eyes meet Ezra's. I wished for the pain to go away. Interesting. Ezra stands brushing the snow from his knees. Come on, let's get out of this snow and get some hot chocolate. Ezra helps you to your feet and you both start walking toward the cabin. But the sun is still out, you say. Ezra smiles. I know, but there will be more snow days. You walk into the cabin behind Ezra. You shut the door and you realize you don't know what he wished for. The stockings are still there. Mom and dad are still gone and the pain is still there. Ezra sets about making you drinks. You go grab blankets and you sit on the couch. After a few minutes, Ezra walks in with two steaming mugs of hot chocolate and he hands the mug to you. Say, little sister, Ezra says, do you remember the first time mom and dad let you play in the snow? You shake your head. It's a weird question because you know he knows you would have been too young to remember. And that familiar pain roars inside your chest at the thought of your parents. But then, Ezra launches into the story of your first time in the snow. And you don't realize that for those brief moments while you are laughing to the point of tears at your brother and his silliness, the pain is no more. And when the story is finished, a silence settles between the two of you. You hold your mug with two hands and stare at him over the rim of your mug. So, you ask, what? Are you not going to tell me what you wish for? Ezra smirks. He takes a sip of his hot chocolate. I wished for the same thing you wished for. Can I tell you another story? <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. <clears throat> Untitled Snow Project number two <laughs> in the in the works. Yes, yes. Oh, man, dude. Okay. Love that story, first of all. I thank think it is. Thank you, brother. It tears at your, it pulls at your heartstrings, which is what any good story can do. But it also has a great relationship in, at the heart of it. I love, I have such a good soft spot for stories that have like a sibling relationship mm. there. I don't know what it is. Probably because I have three older siblings and yeah. like we, we are all, we're all pretty close. And I just love that dynamic in a story. Um, you have also done a first on S'more Stories. Okay. 
in the writing in the second person perspective. Yes, yes, yes. Which is something that I've always been too terrified to do. <laughs> Just whispering that into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what made you? What made you uh, decide to go with that perspective? Yeah, I think you said something earlier about your story, and it's the same reason why I did this. You said I think you said you wanted to do something. I think you said you wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I wanted. I wanted to do something that. So I started writing it in the third person, mm -hmm. and it it was, it just wasn't it wasn't engaging me. You know, it just felt real stale, sure. and it felt just regular. And I knew that there wasn't going to be a lot of twists and turns in the story because you don't have time for that. <laughs> well, you don't have time, and I just knew just based on what I wanted to do with it. I was like, I'm not going to have a lot of cool stuff happen, sure, you know? Sure. And so I said, how can I switch it up? And one thing that I do when I'm writing is if, I, if I'm stuck on something, I'll pull out one of my reference books. You know, I have a book called Flash and it's mm -hmm. about writing flash fiction. And I, I opened it and it talked about different ways to write. And one of them was tenses, first tense, second tense. I said, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do that, that second person. Mm -hmm. And when I started, when I wrote that first line, you know, Ezra slams into your room like a blizzard. I said, oh, this is it. This is this is it. And so that was, I just wanted to do something different to try to draw, I wanted to try to draw the reader in, you know. I think you succeeded. I think it really works. Like, I I love a good use of of the second person perspective mm -hmm. in stories, but it's, it's a rare thing. You don't see yeah. it super often. And so whenever you see it, it hits hard. Yeah. Like, and I think it really adds a lot of kind of immediacy into the story because yeah. it's literally you yeah. <laughs> you you become the protagonist yeah um and so yeah i think it i think it works so well for a story like this because it kind of puts you in that in the in that shoe in those shoes yeah and you have to kind of think about like okay well if i had a wish yeah what would i wish for you know yeah. and like uh it kind of forces you to think on a different level than just a typical kind of third person perspective yeah. allows and i think that's so cool and it's the fact that you've done it successfully <laughs> makes me want to do it more. Word, word. And so I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there now. <laughs> a future episode of S'more Stories will probably have yeah. a second-person perspective story. I can't guarantee yeah, when word. that's going to come. But and, and now and I'm excited. Thing too, the other thing, too, is that it's second-person, but it's also the urgency, I think, comes from it's written in present. Yes. Present that's, that's the other thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It, is, is, it, is, it is in present tense as well, which is the combination of those two yeah. in the same yeah. story really adds that like immediate yeah. feeling of being in the story. You're totally right. Uh, did you, was that on, on purpose as well? You wanted yeah. to kind of do that and, and bring it in for the audience? I actually write in present tense mostly. Actually. Whoa. So I'm working on a novel and I'm writing, that's actually in third, it's in third person, but it's that present tense. Okay, yeah. interesting. But so what, why, why present tense? Why, why do you tend to, to stick with that normally? I just, I like the, um, the immediate, it feels immediate mm -hmm. to me. You know, it's, it's, you know, I could say, well, Ezra laughed, but to say Ezra laughs, it, for me, at least it just feels like it's happening right now. You feel in the moment. Yeah. It yeah. feels in the moment. So I just like that feeling of, for me, when I'm writing, it just pulls me in. It feels like I'm actually in it, you know? It's so unique. And, and in in stories that you read a lot as well you don't you don't typically see a lot of present tense as well there's so there's a writer that i'm reading now uh, named stephen graham jones mm -hmm. who is kind of a horror writer but he's done a little bit of everything i'm currently reading his book uh my heart is a chainsaw 
Mm, and it's the second okay. book yeah, yeah. By, that I I've read, read by it, him. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And from what I can tell, I think he always writes in the present tense. Okay, yeah. And that was my kind of first experience in reading like a whole novel with yeah. that. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like it, yeah. it really does bring a different feeling than kind of a typical third person perspective. And so I love... I love this. I love everything about your story, man. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Tell me about the process with it. I know you. I know you said you kind of had a couple different phases of it. Yeah. Um, so how did you kind of come up with this specific story? Yeah. So as soon as I picked Snow, um, I was like, all right, what do I want to do with Snow? And I knew that I wanted to do something. You know, I mentioned I love fantasy, so mm -hmm. I'm always trying to do something a little otherworldly. Yeah. Um, so I knew I wanted to start it out sort of regular, but then I wanted to... You know, one of the things I was thinking about was was I lived in New York for a little while and we lived upstate New York. Mm. And there was this one night where they say, hey, the snow's going to come. It's going to come tonight. And the next day, I mean, when we looked outside, I mean, it was just snow. You know what I'm saying? Like they, we had a picnic table out in the front yard. And when I looked outside, I couldn't see the picnic table. I'm so jealous. It was, it was. I, we don't get snow down here in Georgia. <laughs> right, you know this. <laughs> right. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, and so I was just thinking about how when I went outside and I stood, with, you know, I, I lived on a campground and there was like a field. Mm. And it, the funny thing about snow, from my perspective at least, is when you stand out there in snow, it just seems like the world gets muted. It seems like things just get silent. Yes. And so sure. I wanted to do something where the character was in this like snowy, like winterland and experiencing this silence. Mm. And so that was that moment when she's, when she sees the, it's, I don't know if it's a snow fairy. I looked at, I looked up like this mythical, I'm like, are there any like snow, like demons or snow? <laughs> and so I saw like a snow fairy. I think it might've been like Irish mythology or something. I was that like, sounds like Irish mythology. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going with that. I'm going. Yeah. So, so, she, you know, she meets this snow fairy and then I just wanted to have the emotional piece of her making this wish. And just to give a little context, I don't, I don't know if this came through as mm -hmm. well in the story, sure. but what I wanted to do was they both make a wish. And the, they're actually each other's answer to the wish. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So she's wishing for this pain to go away. And the pain doesn't actually go away until her brother begins to tell the stories, mm -hmm. right? And so it's the, their relationship that becomes the answer, you know, to the wish. And so- I think that um, totally came through. Okay, cool. Like, cool. <laughs> like it, it felt right. Like it felt like, a, like they were there for each other yeah. in, you know, dealing with the loss of their parents, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think is such a-, a a bonding experience that you know it makes sense that even like in a a supernatural setting like where yeah. there is a snow fairy yeah, yeah, yeah. they still find each other and that's kind of the heart of the story is not the wish it's yeah. their relationship at the heart of it which is so cool yeah like, I love so that. i wanted to have that otherworldly piece and then i wanted to have something that was really you know emotional and, and just sort of tied to it so that yeah. was i mean and it took me you know i've been writing it like you said for like a month and i just didn't really like it. I mean, last night I was looking at it like, yeah. I don't know about this. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. So. One of so many conversations like that yeah. in, in your own head where you're like, do I like it today? Yeah. Yeah. Do I dislike it? Today? That's why I love deadlines. That's exactly. why I said, look, we here now. So <laughs> yeah. Well, once we decided that we were recording today, we're like, all right, it's yeah. happening. Yeah. It's for happening. sure. For sure. So, so what, what's your typical writing process like like I, I, that's another thing that i try to ask everybody on here so yeah. I, again i can always steal ideas from but like did, did this story kind of follow your typical writing process or was it something new what was that like yeah for the most part um the first thing that i always do is i do my what i call my vomit draft 
some people call it discovery or the birth draft. I like vomit draft. Yeah, yeah. And you just, <laughs> I just sit down and I just, I just let it fly and just whatever comes out. And then I go back and then I try to, you know, piece it together. Um, and so I did that with this, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to, well, I got a thousand words. I'm going to just throw some stuff down. And I, like I said, I had a little idea where I was going with it. Sure. Um, but I wasn't completely sure about what it was. And so I just, you know, I put it down and then I just went back. I actually let, um, I'm in a, like a writing group. And so we had a meeting coming up. So I was like, I'll just send this to them. So I sent this to them. They gave me some feedback yeah. and some things. And then, um, so I just went back into it and just tried to edit it and, and, and move it around. And, uh, and so, I mean, generally that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you brought up something interesting that I don't think we've really talked about much on this podcast, but like. Find people that you can yeah. send things to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a group, like you mentioned, is is perfect. Yeah. Because it's a bunch of creative people getting together and, and bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah. And even for something like S'more Stories, which is like, this is just a dumb podcast. <laughs> like, but it's good to to get feedback on stories that you're working on so that you Absolutely. so that you're not just in the dark on is this good? Like, yeah. is there something here? Right, right. And so for yeah, for any future guest or anybody that's interested in being on S'more Stories, like yeah, if you're working on something, send it to somebody. Send it to, yeah. to your mom. Like, send it to your brother, to your sibling, to your friend, and just get their take on it. They yeah. don't have to be a writer. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't have to be a storyteller. They can give you kind of their their feelings on it either way. Yeah. And and if I could just add to that. Mm -hmm, please. Um, I was on a panel at a comic book convention a couple of weeks ago, and somebody asked the question, how do I find these people? How do I find people to give me feedback? And one of the things that I always tell writers is sometimes you got to be the person to offer to read. So whenever I meet writers or I meet, you know, whoever, like I'm like, hey, if you need me to read something, let me know. Mm -hmm. And that immediately begins to build this relationship of, you know, give and take, right? Where if you read something for somebody, you give them feedback and, and you do that for them when it's time for you, you can ask them, hey, do you want to read this? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so just try to be a resource, you know, for people as well. That's such a good, a good point because as writers and as storytellers, like that's the thing that we crave the most yeah. is, is feedback and yeah. somebody telling us this sucks or this is good. Yeah. Like I want to hear that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so you're right. You're absolutely right. Is like, be the first person when you meet a writer, be like, Hey, tell me something you wrote. Like, yeah. I just want to hear it, yeah. you know, and I'll give you some ideas, some thoughts, some notes if they want it. <laughs> right, right, right. But either way, like, it's good to have somebody tell you, Hey, I want to read your thing. Yeah. And that's what I say on this podcast all the time. Like <laughs> I have a, a, a more stories, email address. Send me stories. I, got, I will hey, read hey, them. I got you. I got Especially you, <laughs> Ro, of course, but also anybody listening. Like, yeah, yeah. I love reading stories, truly. And I, and I like giving ideas, I like giving thoughts. I don't want to like give notes to everybody, you know, right. if they don't want them. But sometimes it's nice to have somebody get eyes on a story. For sure. You know? For sure. And so, yes, I think you are absolutely right. And I will second your recommendation of just like offer to read somebody's yeah. story. Like, I think it's that's kind of a good first step in any kind of friendship of, of, of storytellers. Like, I think that's something that nobody's gonna be mad about that yeah for you sure, know for sure nobody's gonna be like ew no i'm not gonna give you my story it's like yeah. no that's that's what i've been waiting for my whole life for somebody right, to ask right, me is right. like hey let me read your story <laughs> yeah yeah um awesome awesome so uh any any final thoughts on snow i just really appreciate the opportunity to to write it and be on this podcast uh it was fun it yeah, was man. difficult you know what i'm saying but that's that's the process so i, I, I think it, it's Cole, a fun challenge you, i think it's a fun challenge yeah. that that like allows for freedom but also within limitations yeah like it, it gives you kind of boundaries that you can work within yeah yeah and so it's been so cool every single episode to see what people do with those different boundaries yeah and you've done something completely unique <laughs> that nobody else has done and so that is already so exciting 
Um, the next thing that I want to do that I always try to try to uh, cram into these episodes is a story spotlight. Okay. So something that you have consumed recently that is uh, maybe you enjoyed, maybe connected with you in a certain way that you are like, I want to share this with somebody, share this recommendation with somebody. Um, I've got a couple. Do you have one? I can go ahead and go to take your time. No yeah, rush. Go, go, go real quick. Go cool. Real quick. I got you. I got you. So um, I was, I've been very grateful over the last about week and a half, maybe two weeks. Uh, I recently treated myself to a, a year of the Regal Unlimited plan. Nice. Where I can just go to <laughs> any Regal theater and see as many movies as I want, which is like very similar to how MoviePass was a couple of years ago, which I absolutely loved. Loved MoviePass. I feel like I helped put them out of business and I was happy to do so. And so I treated myself to to the Regal similar idea because we live close to a Regal here in uh, West Midtown in Atlanta. And um, I so in the last couple of weeks, I've seen so many movies and it has been amazing because I love the theater experience. I think it's a big part of that of that process of, of consuming stories. And so I have, a, I have two movie recommendations, really quick ones um, that I think should be in theaters when this comes out as well. The first one is uh, a little Aubrey Plaza kind of thriller uh, called Emily the Criminal. Uh, oh, I've been seeing the trailers for that. It's good. It's good. It's yeah, really I good. Check it out. I think I it's, check that it's out. short. It's relatable. It's about student loans. It's yeah. something that our generation can relate to for, for sure. sure. It's a really good, really good script as well. Aubrey Plaza is great. I, uh, I'll always love her. And then the other one, the other quick recommendation I have is an animated film um, called Inu O. Spelled I N U dash O H, and this is uh, from it's from a, a filmmaker that has made a ton of truly truly unique animated movies. The director's name is Masaki Yuasa. I yeah, think. and he's done movies like Mind Game, which really truly blew my mind. Um, and then this new his new movie Inu O, uh, which is essentially a the best way I can describe it is as, as a fantasy rock opera. Okay. In the coolest way, <laughs> like animated version. Yeah. And it, the beautiful animation, really unique story, and legitimately great songs as well, which I think is all you can really ask for in a in a good rock opera. Um, so so yeah, my two my two recommendations are uh, Emily the Criminal, that Aubrey Plaza movie, and then Inu O, um, really cool, really cool animated movie. Yeah. Yeah. My turn. Yeah, go for it, man. Please. All right. Cool. So. The reason why I wanted you to go first is mm-hmm. because I was blanking on a couple of things. Yeah, oh, it happens all the time. So I was I wanted to say the author's name was Joe King, but his his name is actually Joe Hill. Joe Hill, yeah. And um he's Stephen King's son. And he I've been reading um so the name the name of the one I have is Black Phone, but I think the original collection was called 20th Century Ghost. You know, the movie Black mm-hmm. Phone just came out. That was that is I saw that a couple weeks ago as okay, well, <laughs> during okay. my, my reading. Yes, yes. So when I saw the movie was coming out, I'm like, I'm not going to see the movie before I read these collection of short sure. stories. So I've been reading through the short stories and he's excellent. He really is excellent. Um, so I would recommend that if you're into short stories, if you're into, you know, little, little horror, little, little, uh, it's not, I mean, it's a little thrillery, you know, it's, um, he, he is very much, Stephen King's son. Oh, no question. Like yeah, they, sure. There's a lot of similarities. I love Joe Hill. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his as well. They also look identical. Like <laughs> they, they look they exactly <laughs> the same. It is fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I'll piggyback off your recommendation a little bit. I, I have not read The Black Phone. I did see the movie. Okay. I okay. did enjoy it. Um, but yes, I love I love any recommendation of a collection of short stories. Yeah. 
because it's such a cool, unique medium art form that I think when you consume a cool short story, it just is such a unique feeling yeah. that you don't really get in a lot of other places as well. Um, on top of that, Joe Hill, a great novelist, great short story writer, also a great comic book writer he is. as well. He is. Um, and so check out check out Lock and Key. Lock they, and they did a Netflix show. It's the show is fine, I guess. I haven't watched it, but the comic is amazing. I haven't read all of the comic, but I read some of it. Yeah, he's dope. Very cool. He also has some really cool um, uh, horror comics out as well. So yeah. definitely recommend Joe Hill just overall. But while I'm out here, just recommend Stephen King. Yeah. I love Stephen King. I <laughs> yeah. love Stephen King too. So yes. um, great recommendations. You got some books. You got some movies, some stories uh, to consume. Um, thank you for that. Um, and the last thing we'll end on is like, where can people find your stuff? Like, where can people find Scarlet Ranger? I know you've got a Patreon as well. So, uh, and you've also got a, a weekly show that you do. So you've, you're in a lot of places that people can find you. Yeah. So where, where where would be the best place to find all this stuff? Yeah, if you go to my website, rolamb.com, R-O-L-A-M-B.com, um, you can find me there. I'm also on, if you go to Instagram, rolamb. Those are the two best places to find all of the different things that I'm doing. Um, I have, like you said, I have a Patreon where I share, you know, short stories, drafts of short stories. Um, I'm preparing to start doing some live readings. Ooh, okay. Um, like virtual, like video, you know what I'm saying? So you uh -huh. can like tune in and just see what I'm working on. Um, and I do a show every Wednesday night at 930 called The Rainy and Rose Show with a good friend of mine, Kayla Rainey. She's she's the artist on Scarlet Ranger number two. Oh, even cooler. Yes, yes. Can't wait to check that out. So um, so we do those things. and What kind uh, of stuff do you guys talk about on the show? We talk about um, creativity. We talk with, up until now, it's been like comic book creators and like novelists. But sure. we're getting into, you know, I'm going to have my hypnotherapist on. And we're just going to have different people from different fields. And just talk about creativity, their careers. And, um, you know, just whatever comes up. <laughs> yeah, man. You're, I mean, you're all over the place. You're, yeah, you're doing yeah. stuff all over the place. You're in a couple different writing groups. Like I am. Which, I, I, again... Cannot recommend that enough for anybody who's interested in, in storytelling. Um, but yeah, I'll put all of those links in the notes. So go check the notes for the show and and go check out those links. Check out his Patreon. back uh, Pre-order Scarlet Ranger. Yes, yes. I still cannot wait to read it. It's going to be so cool. <laughs> um, I'll definitely be checking out your weekly show. When is it again? Wednesdays Wednesday at 9? Wednesday nights at 930. 930. Okay, YouTube. Yep. On YouTube. Perfect. Um, well, I guess that's – we've, we've had a great show. This has been awesome. Can I say one last thing? Please get out of say here? everything. Say I, 10 last things. I just want to say a couple of times you sort of referred to this podcast as a dumb podcast or whatever. This is not a dumb podcast. I mean, this is for, for a writer, for myself, like this is this is paradise, you know, the opportunity to, to read and even listening to the show, like being able to hear other people's processes and, and the work that they're doing. This really is good work. It's great work for the community. And uh, I just hope you keep going. And maybe I'll come back sometime. Oh, I you, just I just invited myself back on the show. You are absolutely. Who does that? You are a hundred million percent invited back. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. For sure, I, I for do. Sure. I do suffer from that typical writer thing where we just all talk shit about ourselves yeah. all the time. So I, I appreciate. I just you. always try to. I know I do it to my. I downplay course, myself, always. and it feels good when somebody's like, "Hey, don't do that to yourself." So I it, just wanted to. It does. <laughs> it does. It really does. So I, I I'm so grateful for for you, your story. Can't wait to check out your other things. As well, and yes, we'll just put it out there. You'll be back. You'll yes, be back sir. on on the small. Thank stories, you, brother. Man. Thank you. Back around the campfire. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for being here, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been this has been great. See y'all later. All right. Music and lyrics by Evan McHugh, whose music can be found everywhere. So be sure to go buy his records because I mean, come on, 
I know you're humming that S'more Stories intro right this second. All art and design done by the beautiful and talented Brittany Wyland, whose fantastic art can be found at mess.and.magic on Instagram. And you can follow me, Colby McHugh, on Instagram at Colby McHugh, and the podcast at S'more Stories Pod, where you'll be able to submit topics when I reach out periodically. Email me your stories at s'morestoriespod at gmail.com. I promise you I will read them. You can follow along with the topics that have been chosen by writing your own stories or if you just want some eyes on something you're working on. I got you. Thanks for listening, everyone.